Welcome to Positively Addicted by Elizabeth Matthew. The title of today's podcast is Brood of Vipers. I know that the phrase brood of vipers sounds so scary. And when we look at the New Testament, we find this phrase mentioned about three times. First by John the Baptist, then twice by Jesus himself. When we look at the context, every time when you read the Bible, the context is very important. To whom was this addressed? And what basis was this addressed? And why the phrase brood of vipers? Because it sounds pretty serious as well. John the Baptist calls the Pharisees and Pharisees and Sadducees brood of vipers in Matthew chapter 3. Let's read the context. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 5 onwards it says, Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance." And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Coming back to these verses, It's interesting to see that John the Baptist addresses the spiritual leaders of that time, Pharisees and Sadducees, as brood of vipers. Before that, when many people came to him to be baptized, he doesn't use this phrase with them at all. He uses it with the leaders, the spiritual leaders of that time, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he accuses them, saying that, They should bear fruits worthy of repentance. Because in verse 9, they all have this feeling that because they have Abraham as their father, they didn't need to repent. They just had to get baptized. But John the Baptist is warning them and saying that if you do not bear good fruit, you are cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, even in today's context, a lot of people think that because their family belongs to a particular church or a particular denomination or because maybe they had priests or bishops or pastors in their lineage, they are safe. It doesn't work like that. Salvation is a very personal decision that we make with Christ, acknowledging the fact that we are nothing, that our lineage is nothing. That it is not based on lineage that God calls us. It is completely based on his grace. The minute we think that we are comfortable in the family that we are brought up in or comfortable in the fact that uh, there is a security in thinking of our family or our lineage or our society as superior, it doesn't work like that. None of us are superior. 
nobody whichever denomination we come from whichever church we belong to each one of us like romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says we have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth to be saved and that salvation is not merited on anything to do with us or to whom we belong to it is merited completely on christ and his grace we belong to him and him only now then we think okay john the baptist spoke about the pharisees and sadducees being the brood of vipers but interestingly jesus uses the same phrase jesus so full of love and compassion and mercy who healed everyone around him uses this phrase again brood of vipers which is pretty serious too in matthew chapter 12 again when we read the bible always look at the context who was he talking to what was the situation that he used the phrase brood of vipers look at verse 24 it clearly says now when the pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not cast out demons except by belzebub the ruler of the demons now when jesus was healing people around him the pharisees the pharisees kept thinking that jesus cast out demons by belzebub the ruler of the demons But look at verse 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, knew their thoughts. That means they didn't voice it, but he knew their thoughts and then he addresses those thoughts. Imagine that. So whatever we think in our heart, we all know it is very open to God. The Holy Spirit knows exactly our intention, our motives. our heart condition meaning spiritual heart condition everything is clear to him we cannot think any thought thinking that those thoughts are not understood by the holy spirit or not seen by god and then in verse 33 he again he is addressing the pharisees on their thoughts he says either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit then verse 34 brood of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so imagine that he is addressing their thoughts and then he says brood of vipers how can you you're evil because your thoughts are evil but you are speaking good things because he says how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and then the next verse it says he says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things but i say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned unquote so technically when they accused him of doing things with the spirit of the devil or belzebub he replies to them as 
Every idle word that you speak, you will give account of it in the day of judgment. So technically, Jesus is trying to say, what you don't understand is better not to think about it, not to even think about it, not to even speak it, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So look at Matthew chapter 23 again. He addresses, he speaks to the multitudes and to his disciples, and then he talks about that whole chapter is technically against the scribes and the Pharisees who sit in Moses' seat in verse 2, right? And then he goes on to calling them uh, different, different words, especially hypocrites. He says in verse 13, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Then again, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And then it's interesting if you read the whole chapter. And then verse 15, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. So he constantly keeps reinstating the fact that he is addressing the spiritual leaders of that time, which definitely is relevant for today. And then in verse 17, he calls them fools and blind. Then again, 19, fools and blind. Then again, 23, hypocrites. Then again, 24, blind guides. Then again, 25, hypocrites. And then again, 26, blind Pharisee. First cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. So he was talking about their heart condition. Then look at 27, again, hypocrites. He calls them whitewashed tombs. Outwardly very beautiful, but inside full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Then again, verse 28. Outwardly, you appear righteous to men, but inside again, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Then verse 29, hypocrites. And then he talks about them in verse 31. You are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Then the measure of your father's guilt. And then verse 33, he says, serpents brood of vipers how can you escape the condemnation of hell so john the baptist addressed them as brood of vipers then jesus in matthew 12 addresses them as brood of vipers but in matthew 23 jesus addresses them as serpents brood of vipers how can you escape the condemnation of hell so imagine in this chapter how much Jesus has to keep on repeating hypocrites, fools and blinds, hypocrites, hypocrites. And then finally, serpents, brood of vipers. Imagine that. And he never used these phrases against any of the common people that came to him for healing. Never. He never used these phrases, these strong phrases against the common people against the sinners or against the uh, people who uh, you know wanted miracles from him or they wanted to see he used it with the pharisees and scribes let's understand the context of it let's understand the the fullness of what jesus is trying to tell us even today that you know in matthew 23 it says uh, verse 3 and four, therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. Okay? So, 
basically what jesus is trying to tell us even today is that all of us are accountable for our thoughts and he's talking about spiritual judgments or spiritual condemnation or spiritual thoughts so we need to be very careful <clears throat> when we speak against spiritual activity which is happening around us because sometimes i feel that if we don't understand not sometimes most times i feel that if we don't understand something it's better not to judge or condemn because we really don't know god is the one who's working in that particular person now i'm not saying that all spiritual leaders are bad no it is the system that the spiritual leaders have been put in sometimes by their own congregation where they consider the spiritual leader higher than a regular human being because all of us are very regular very the the topmost person in the church is as regular as any person around everybody is equal in god's eyes everybody is equal so the mistake that sometimes in a particular congregation the mistake is exalting the spiritual leader above even the words of the lord and giving him more importance or giving him um you know so much of importance that he can actually invade and rule your personal life there are boundaries when you are a member of a church and when you have a spiritual leader it could be anybody but a spiritual leader very prominent in your life there are boundaries that spiritual leader cannot cross that boundary and invade your personal space in terms of your personal decisions uh in terms of your family things like that it is all to come by a leaning on the holy spirit the holy spirit directs us in what we need to do of course the spiritual leaders are necessary for all of us definitely to you know encourage us from the word and to preach from the word they have been ordained by god definitely but when it comes to personal opinions and you know we sometimes go bend our backs just to make the spiritual leader happy or you know we <coughs> we try to not see uh warning signs or danger signs when he tries to exalt himself above everybody else it doesn't work like that we need to always understand every person on the face of this earth is lost is a sinner is sick the only time when they become a child of god is when they accept jesus as their savior and they have been um you know given salvation by his grace everything is by his grace everything is by his grace so you know when we live on this earth we need to understand that everybody around us whether it is the highest spiritual leader is still very human so you need to have wisdom when they preach from the word whoever preaches from the word whether it is a spiritual leader of great reputation or whatever anybody who preaches from the word please double check like the church in thessalonica they double checked everything they made sure that what paul was preaching was from the word we need to search the scriptures we need we need to understand the context of different different uh you know phrases in the bible or situations or chapters what is the context who is it addressed to that's very important 
So use your, you know, God has also given us wisdom. It's also called common sense. When somebody pushes you uh, to a point where you know it is not a spiritual thing, but you are pushed to do something or maybe, you know, give money to the church more than you can afford, please use your, uh, you know, the powers of discretion that God has given you. Use wisdom. If your spiritual leader is living a life of luxury and then expecting you to keep on supplying, you know, his, um, you know, financial needs, then definitely you have to take a step back and think about it. Think about it. Whether it is from the Holy Spirit or what is really happening. I mean, God has given us such an amazing revelation from his word. We know Jesus, you know, we know Jesus, how he was with everybody around. He was so kind and compassionate and he was always supplying everyone's needs. He was always doing that. So basically, when you are a spiritual leader of any uh, you know, designation or any denomination, we have to be very, very careful that we do not take advantage of the people who are relying on us for wisdom or relying on us for their daily sustenance. We should be very careful what we preach and how we take advantage or manipulate the crowd to give more than what they can afford. That's not right. How can we go to sleep? Uh, you know, how can we go to sleep without thinking of all those uh, people who worked so hard and put in extra hours to make sure that you are living a life of luxury? How can we go to sleep? We can't go to sleep like that. So when we see things around, we should understand something very clearly. God does not work the way that the spiritual leaders think or work. Most of them. I mean, I'm not saying all of them are, you know, that they, all of them you have to be warned against. No, there are definitely very genuine, very sincere uh, prophets and, uh, you know, pastors and priests who are very sincere about their calling. Very, very sincere. And we know them by their fruits. We know them. You know, some faces come to my mind of people that I know who are very genuinely sincere for the Lord. And we know that by the, by the way they are or their fruits. They don't take advantage of anyone around. They don't. So the fact of the matter is, when Jesus calls a group of people, serpents, brood of vipers, he clearly tells us or warns us against false prophets so many times. Even... Paul talks about false prophets, that they come in sheep's clothing. Jesus tells us clearly they can come in sheep's clothing. The wolves, ravenous wolves can come in sheep's clothing. So obviously there is something that we need to pay attention to. Definitely. So let's all, you know, humbly surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, lead us, lead us in the right direction. Help us to go according to the word. The problem is now there's so much of manipulation in the churches because a lot of people don't know, they don't read their Bibles. They don't read their Bibles. They don't know what, what exactly is in the Bible. So that's why it's very easy for spiritual leaders to manipulate. Very, very easy. So let's just come to the point of acknowledging that all of us are very human. We all make mistakes and that we have to point people to Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and not to our convenience or not to our luxuries in any way. 
it doesn't work like that shall we pray heavenly father lord jesus i surrender this precious time in your hands i thank you for who you are for calling out calling us out from darkness to light thank you for putting us on the path of salvation help us to be wise help us to have the gift of discernment and knowledge when it comes to um spiritual leaders around us help us not to be disappointed with their way of doing things but help us to understand that everybody is human everybody has their weaknesses their failings but help us to recognize that and be able to always be grounded in your word and not to be disappointed when we see one or two people falling help us to look at you jesus you are our perfect god you are the one who died on the cross for us help us to make you happy help us to always make you the the most important priority in our lives not a human leader of any designation or any denomination but help us to give you importance thank you jesus for your love thank you for your such a personal relationship that you share with us thank you lord for being our everything you are our god you are amazing beyond human understanding and i thank you for your goodness we surrender ourselves completely in your hands thank you lord jesus for who you are in each one of our lives thank you for your closeness for the closeness that we feel your presence in all the situations of our life as difficult as it may seem as dark as it may seem still your hand is with us and we thank you for that surrender each of my listeners thank you lord for leading them always in the direct path of your grace your salvation your peace in jesus mighty name we pray amen god bless you see you soon bye